statistics would suggest that sort of 70 to 80% of most of our buying decisions and journey is done by ourselves. You're looking around, you're looking for content, looking to get answers to a problem or a challenge that you have. Um, if you're doing inbound marketing correctly, then when people are searching for answers to a problem that you can solve, they'll be finding your content, potentially finding a lot of your content for free, but understanding who you are and seeing you along that journey. So when they come to a point where they know they need help, you're the first person that they reach out to. In his book, Endless Referrals, author Bob Berg wrote, all things being equal, people do business with and refer business to people they know, like, and trust. Now sure, Bob might never have heard of the term inbound marketing, a phrase coined much later by sales and automation company HubSpot. But it's this concept that is at the heart of what I believe fuels good marketing and business today. So what role does video play in building the know, like, and trust factor in marketing? And how can business owners generate inbound leads using video? We'll explore this and more in today's episode. Let's go. The world of video marketing for business is changing and I don't want you to get left behind. G'day, I'm your host Ben Amos and welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Each week I'll be bringing you the best in the world of video marketing, content creation, business growth strategy and storytelling, along with practical tips, insight and knowledge that you need to grow as a confident video strategist and build profitable businesses. Let's get on with the show. G'day, g'day, and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. It's episode 206, cranking along, 206 episodes. If this is your first time listening, then welcome to the show. You're in the right place if you want to up your video marketing game. And if you've been listening for a while, then welcome back. Hey, first up, massive thanks to everyone who left a rating and a review for this show throughout the month of June in 2021. If you've been listening throughout the month of June, I have been running a little competition and everyone who left a rating and a review for the show throughout June is in the running to win one of my favorite video marketing books in the mail. And I'm stoked to announce that the winners are, drum roll please, Greg, Matt, and Colton. Now, if that's you, I've already reached out to you via email, so this won't come as a surprise as you're listening to this. So hopefully you get back to me and choose which book you want to be sent out to you. And if you didn't get a chance to rate and review the show, then make sure you do, as I'll be doing another draw in the coming months. And all you have to do to be in it is to write a rating and review for this show, and then take a screenshot, email me, podcast at engagevideomarketing.com, and you're in the running. Easy as that. My guest today is a true practitioner of video in the sales journey. Now, he's not a video marketer as such, but rather someone who is really in the trenches of making video work for them to attract new leads and business opportunities, particularly on LinkedIn. Chris Van Prague is a sales consultant for top global HubSpot partner, AbelQuest in the UK. He is a big believer in the power of video to build a personal brand, to grow his network, and to generate a steady flow of inbound leads with creative content that gets people talking. I first came across Chris on LinkedIn when a previous guest on this show, Tyler Lassard, VP of Marketing at Vidyard, he shared one of Chris's personalized prospecting videos and I immediately realized that this guy gets the power of video and how to utilize it authentically in sales. And as I explored his video approach further, 
I just knew I had to get him on the show to talk more and share more for you guys, the listeners of the show. So you'll hear more about Chris and the kind of content he produces on LinkedIn shortly, but I do encourage you to head to the show notes page for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash 206 to find the link to Chris's profile on LinkedIn and give him a follow. Let him know that you heard him on the podcast here and check out some of his super fun and engaging videos that actually work to attract leads into his business. And as you listen to today's episode, I hope you are inspired by Chris to take your own action using video to attract new business for yourself. And most importantly, just have fun and experiment with video. All right, let's dive in. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me on. So in my introduction there, I I told a little bit of a story about how I came across you and what stood out to me when I came across your profile on LinkedIn specifically. And we'll get into some of that tactical stuff, some of the specifics of how you've been using video in in the work that you do. But for people that haven't come across you before and, and don't know what you do, can you just give us a quick backstory of who you are, what you do, who you help? Uh, yeah, so uh, so I'm Chris. I'm a, a sales, I guess, sales development manager or um, representative um, at a, a HubSpot agency, uh, an elite HubSpot agency called BabelQuest. We're based in uh, in in the UK, and we help businesses uh, with their growth goals. So um, if they're looking to get on board with the HubSpot platform, generate inbound leads, deliver marketing, um, and use uh, the HubSpot platform for sales, marketing, uh, and service. And I I help people to understand what elements that they might need. Um, um, how it could work for them um, and and talk a little around the, the strategy that we might use to be able to help them to do that um, and get them on board with the platform and, and, and get their growth goals and their inbound marketing started. Awesome. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think you came into the world of using video in business in the way you do from a video production background. Would that be right in saying that? Uh, yeah, I'd consider myself probably more of a, a, a a guerrilla video producer than perhaps yeah. a, a, a professional one for sure. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on. Cause I know many of the listeners to this podcast do consider themselves say professional video producers. Not all. I absolutely know that there are many who probably consider themselves more guerrilla as well, but I'm interested to hear from you, Chris, when did you start kind of seriously considering the role of video in your career, in the work you do in business, in prospecting, in sales, whatever. When did you start really look at video and go, there's something here, there's something here that can make me stand out? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it came pretty organically, to be honest, with a with a gentle nudge from um, from the from the business, really. I, I, um, I had a background in, in making videos in, in, pre- in previous roles, but really just kind of informative, fun kind of... Uh, team building stuff that we would do to kind of promote events and things like that. Um, and when I joined BabelQuest, we were already using, I know Vidyard has come up in your previous podcast be- before, we were using Vidyard as a tool for sending one-to-one uh, video. And I just fell in love with it as a, as a platform. Um, and so I just started putting out little kind of funny videos about myself to introduce myself really as well and and, and speak to prospects i'm a sort of social animal i I like linkedin and i like the opportunity to to talk to people so i just put it out there not with any real specific goals in mind but just to sort of get my personality out there um i actually joined babelquest in lockdown right at the beginning of lockdown so that opportunity to to meet prospects and go to meetings and go to networking events that was a huge part of our organization before had been ripped out 
So I never had that opportunity and I'd previously worked in, in retail and just in front of people. So I kind of used it as a bit of an outlet, I guess. Um, and it evolved from there. Just um, again, I, I didn't go in with any kind of predispositions to sell stuff to people. And, and I think that that probably shone through. And as a result, um, I had a lot of people organically reach out to me and, and ask me either how I was doing it, what I was doing, what tools I was using. Um, and that obviously motivated me to, to do it more. Um, and now it's become a, a fundamental part of of my role and also what people know me for and, and, and ultimately how we've, we've got to speaking. So I wouldn't say it was a, a um, you know, a real kind of plan or strategy to say I'm going to release a thing every week and all that kind of stuff. It's just an organic thing. And as it you know became successful, I just did it more regularly and found more time to do it. So would you say there was a specific moment or, or video that you, you posted or shared uh, that you that you you kind of notice that there's something there's something in this there's something that is working like it didn't work before when you weren't using video in this way. Was there any moment like that for you? Um, there's probably been a, a couple. I, I tend to release different kinds of videos, and 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 anyone um, who will kind of understand a bit, but it's a bit hard to explain the kind of stuff that I do unless you had a look at my LinkedIn profile. But I do a lot of kind of funny stuff silly kind of creative stuff where I talk to myself or um, just kind of play around with kind of unusual stuff that HubSpot can do and how that kind of could potentially um, be reflected in video. Uh, the two kind of main areas that one, I, one I actually just released a, a prospecting video. In fact, Vidyard found it. Um, it was a prospecting video that I'd done. That I'd added in a bunch of photo stills um, that just was just to kind of stand out. And I ended up um, getting noticed for it and, and it got shared about by a lot of people um, as being just a real kind of unique way of, of speaking to prospects. Um, that really opened the door for a lot of conversations. Um, and then these other kind of funny ones where I've just been like, like chatting to myself and people just kind of, ha I don't think they'd really seen that kind of thing on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is changing a lot. It's becoming a bit more of a, a, a social a social platform. People looking to, to use LinkedIn as a way to kind of almost get away and, and, and relieve some of the kind of catharticness of, uh, of, of, of business, serious business. Um, I see that a lot more and, and some of the funny stuff that I've released has, has, has done pretty well. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's probably, yeah, those two specific elements that I've done that have been probably the most noticeable one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that, you know, and I encourage people to go and to go and check out Chris's profile on LinkedIn. We'll have a link in the show notes for this episode, but, and connection request um, for, to Chris while you're there as well, if he'll accept you. Um, but I want you to, to take some time to look at the way that Chris is able to just reflect his personality and it doesn't need to be highly produced. It doesn't need to be, um, you know, ultra strategic, even though I bang on about strategy all the time. I think that if you're using video and you're using it authentically, then it, it will have cut through, particularly on a platform like LinkedIn, if you're doing something different. So I really, I really love that. Um, and that video that you mentioned there was specifically, you know, why we're talking today as well. That's, that's how I first came across what you're doing as well. So Chris, the, the role of video, I think is, um, is kind of changing and it has been changing over the last probably decade, to be honest, um, particularly when it comes to the role of video in, in digital business today or just doing business today. I think traditionally it used to be solely kind of in the wheelhouse of marketing, you know, marketing or mass communication, broadcast, advertising, that kind of stuff. But it's changing, right? So so what do you say about the way that you see video changing in how businesses can consider using it today? 
Yeah, I think um, it's a really interesting question, and 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 I've actually I've come across lots of conversations with with um, clients around marketing strategy, and a lot of them talk about you know pr produced videos that they've had done in the past where they spent a lot of budget and it hasn't necessarily delivered the results that they looked for. Um, and I think absolutely, you know, well produced video, you know, is is a fantastic tool. It's not going anywhere. It's 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 a necessary need. Um, but I think what's been really interesting over particularly over this last year and everything that's been going on, um, and I, I reference, I think, the conversation you had with, with Tyler in a previous conversation around that democratization of video and the tools being available and it being easy to kind of put stuff out there. Um, yeah. And and that that need for kind of social connection and, and, you know, hopefully we're coming out the other side of that and those, you know, network events will get back to normal and all that kind of stuff. Um, but something I think has, during that time, has fundamentally changed about the way that we can just use video as a, as a tool to be able to kind of, as, as you said, demonstrate our personality, show who we are, talk a bit about perhaps what we do and, and, and open that door. So um, I think the simplicity of being able to just click a couple of buttons and record yourself um, just means that now anybody can do it. And the only limitation really is is your willingness to try and your comfort perhaps in front of the camera. That's often the kind of stopping point for people. And and the people who want to kind of get over that and, and can can, you know, practice that a bit it's a quick way of being able to demonstrate the value you can offer who you are your personality um and and and, and just show how, how how good you are yeah yeah absolutely you know you touched on something there which is the idea of you know uncomfortable uncomfortableness on camera and, and people that are unwilling to maybe put themselves out there and use these tools in the ways that we're talking about here and maybe well, I'll ask you, but, uh, you know, maybe it did come easy to you and something that you found, you know, quite easy to be able to get on camera and be relatable and maybe funny and personable. Many people don't find that easy. So what's been your own experience with overcoming that fear? Yeah, it, it, it's a great question. And, and uh, you know, you're right. I, I did find it quite easy. I think I... I viewed it really as if I was just having that conversation with somebody in front of me. Um, and I've got, you know, a, a That's long great background. advice just there, you know? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. You can't tell someone just be confident because there's so many different things that could be causing that, that, that nervousness. I suppose there's the challenge of, you know, they want to put it out. They want to get it right in the first take and they don't get it right in the first take. And then you get more and more flustered with it. Um, but we've all sent an email without the attachment, right? And then I had to send a follow-up email saying, oh, sorry, for forgot the attachment. And you feel a bit stupid. Um, but it, it, if anything, that's almost a weird kind of personality thing. You, then you go, oh, do you know what I did the thing? I think it's the same thing. You're never going to be able to record the perfect message that someone's going to go, I need to buy everything this person has. It's not going to happen. Um, but I think if you're recording a, a video and, and you're putting it out on LinkedIn, you're just talking a bit about what you do, um, you know, practice is, is, a, is a great thing. So I think if it's something that you decide that you want to do and you, you commit to the idea that you know that it will improve either your own skills on video and even, you know, probably stage speaking and confidence just to be able to kind of put yourself out there and, and, and accept, you know, have people accept you for, for what you are and the mistakes that you make. Um, it's just a great opportunity just to just to give it a go. And I, I appreciate that that's, you know, that is me just saying, just do it. Um, but um, ultimately you can reshoot things. Um, it's probably still quicker to reshoot a, 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 a relatively kind of one minute, a one minute video 
three, two or three times than it is to probably write something out by hand. Um, so, you know, give it a go, yeah. give it a couple of shots, have a little script in front of you um, with a kind of few key bullet points that you want to say um, and just and just put it out there. Um, and I guarantee that the first one might get a few, uh, a few, you know, a few comments, a few likes, a few reactions. And the more often that you do it, the more people will expect it, the more people will support you with it um, and and the, the better traction it will get. 100%. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And I, I, like, I, re I really like the advice of just thinking of it as you're speaking to someone in the room and, and just like if you're meeting with a prospect or a client or, or a business colleague face to face, if you were having a conversation with someone in a room, you wouldn't kind of say something and then say, oh, hang on, can I just say that again? You, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't ask for a retake, you know. And I think people, when they, when they recognise the purpose behind the video and what you're trying to communicate, they focus on that more than their delivery it doesn't need to be perfect. Obviously that is different based on the actual implementation of the video. So if it's a marketing video that's going to be like uploaded to YouTube and maybe shared publicly on LinkedIn, you probably will take a different approach to how you do that versus a prospecting video or a one-to-one -one sales video. So can you maybe share how you think about when you're creating those types of videos or, or any videos, how you approach things differently based on what they're intended to be used for? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I tend to do, um, I, yeah, I do a couple of different types. I think if I'm doing something informational, so it might be a new feature drop or it might be an explanation of a HubSpot feature, um, or it might be something funny. We might be pro promoting an event. Um, I'll, I'll not take too much, too much time. Um, I don't like to spend ages on it. It's, it's ultimately it's 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 work. Um, so it is important that I that I get it right. Um, it's hard to say because it, it really just depends on 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 that specific um, use case. Um, so I don't think there's any kind of specific rules I've probably set in place. I would say that um, if I'm going to put out a, a feature video, um, I could probably knock something out with some some interesting titles and make it kind of flow well and be, and be succinct in 20 minutes, half an hour, probably. If I'm making something a bit more creative, I might spend an hour, I might spend two um, on it, but um, that's maybe me just kind of, again, I, go, I, I do some kind of weird stuff where I talk to myself and sometimes there's some kind of te technicalities that I need to make sure I get right to get that sort of thing. Um, but it, it depends on the, on the value you see in the, in the business, right? Like ultimately, if you, you know, if you see the, if you if you're putting together a you know a, a corporate video and you're going to spend maybe you know eight nine k putting together a video that you know is going to be shown on the homepage of the website and you're going to invest a lot of money and time into there then that's an absolutely a valid thing that you need to do. Um, I think you need to take into account the um, the potential value that putting something out on LinkedIn can have and commit the actual time to doing it. Um, you know, I, I think that although we can sometimes see, and I definitely experienced that LinkedIn as being a, a just a kind of a place just to kind of share your latest ebook or or perhaps a, a news update, which is great, and it you know it, it will predominantly be that certainly for the foreseeable. Um, but there is an opportunity with LinkedIn for your content to be seen far wider than the audience of connections that you have. Um, and I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is, is you know, thinking, well, you know, I'm going to share it and the people that I know are going to see it. And the reality is that if people are liking and reacting and, and stuff, it's going to go well beyond that. 
Um, so the opportunity is is there. Um, the audience, there's you know there are hundreds of millions of users on LinkedIn, and there are many many more opportunities to open up conversations. So I think taking do do commit the time and and understand the value of what things like LinkedIn and sharing and, and social selling can really have on the business. Um, and and commit you know that bit of extra time to make sure that that you know it's it's a it's a valid piece of content that you're going to want to 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 be proud of and 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 that that people are going to understand what it is you're looking to to get from. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. I think that's that's really good. So, in the the title of this podcast episode, we're using this phrase inbound inbound marketing or inbound leads. And I know you know as a HubSpot guy and HubSpot having somewhat coined that phrase inbound, um, I'm interested to just kind of pivot now and, and steer into talking with you around how you're actually generating inbound leads for BabelQuest using video, let's just kind of get a bit of a masterclass, bit tactical here. Maybe just walk us through your thought process, how you actually go about this, you know, what success you've had. But before you do that, actually, just, you know, assuming that maybe people don't even know what inbound means. Maybe you can just give us a really quick understanding of that and then into how you're maybe using that. Uh, yeah, so uh, um, inbound is a, is a, is a method of, of, of marketing whereby um, you're providing information you're um, creating uh, a content and, and supporting the buyers on their journey to make a decision to buy. So um, statistics would suggest that sort of 70 to 80% of most of our buying decisions is, a journey is done by ourselves. You're looking around, you're looking for content, looking to get answers to a problem or a challenge that you have. Um, if you're doing inbound marketing um, correctly, then when people are searching for answers to a problem that you can solve, they'll be finding your content and potentially finding a lot of your content for free, but understanding who you are and seeing you along that journey. So when they come to a point where they know they need help, you're the first person that they reach out to. So um, that's really inbound and, and HubSpot was designed as a marketing platform to support people with tools to be able to do that correctly. Um, we as an agency are, are, um, are, you know, are, 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 you know, we're HubSpot through and through, uh, and it's important that we do inbound um, correctly ourselves and we help our clients do it to do it correctly. Um, I think um, I think where the, the video piece comes in is, is about that brand recognition stuff. Um, and it is about helping people. So I think if you go into something like that with a view to trying to sell something to somebody or to a group of people, um, it may work, but it's not really in that kind of true inbound sense of being of being helpful. Um, so I think the model has to be you're putting stuff out there for for free. You know, we're not trying, we're not gating content here. We're offering people value that that helps them potentially along their along their buyer's journey. Um, we at BabelQuest, uh, you know, we're a, we're a global elite partner, which is great. We're kind of top 20 in the world, but there are five and a half thousand HubSpot agencies out there. So when people are looking for answers around HubSpot and implementation, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of other agencies, a lot of content. There's a lot of really valuable um, stuff that people can get out there. And it can be it can be quite tricky to be the one that gets noticed. So I found LinkedIn is a really, really great platform to be able to do that. I can engage with HubSpot reps. I can engage with HubSpot users. I can engage with people who want to do inbound marketing. Um, and there are a ton of different stories and things that I could share, whether it be case studies in video format, talking about um, results and things that, that, can, that can work for them, answers to questions around SEO, a keyword search, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's a bit of an untapped at the moment. I think it's a real untapped area that people aren't using. Um, so I think it's about understanding your challenges or the challenges that your product solves um, and helping people with it. You know, you, you're, you don't lose 
value by offering free information. If anything, you you yeah. prove your value by being able to say to them, here's all this kind of information that's free. And if it's if it's something that's I can if I can help somebody on their journey for free, I absolutely will because I know that there are services and and um offerings that we have that are paid um and that are absolutely worth buying so um when when that opens up that conversation if that's the right thing for them to do that then i'll i'll tell them that if it's something i can offer them and advice that i can offer them for free then i'll give it to them for free so let me let me dive into what your strategy is here just um so we're clear is is it a matter of putting free content out there on a platform like linkedin that is obviously aligned to your intended target audience and talks about the problems that those people are having and solutions that you might be able to provide value driven, not sales pitch driven. And then do you just hope that they reach out to you or make an inquiry through your website or leave a comment and say, how can we get in touch? Like what's the, how do you move them to the next step from that content? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. So I, I would say, I would say this, I have two main strategies and 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 i really use that term lightly and i'm conscious that the more i've thought about it the more i've realized it is a strategy but i I wouldn't say i went out with the intention of going here's what i'm going to do because it's been quite organic um and the content i've put out has, has changed and evolved over time but looking back i think there's there's been two two clear strategies one is all around just exposing myself and personality so so as I said, five and a half thousand HubSpot agencies out there. How do you get noticed? Well, you know, I'm connected with lots of of, um, of people within HubSpot um, who have conversations with with prospective buyers who need an agency to onboard it. So the better that HubSpot understand BabelQuest and who we are and what we do, the better the opportunities there are for that. So if if I'm noticed and they understand and I spring to mind when they need an agency, then there's a great opportunity there. And that's that's definitely created a lot of inbound leads for me. Um, that said, I appreciate most people's model aren't that way. You're necessarily a partner of something else. But if you are, that's a really great, um, a really great strategy there. Um, the other piece is around around providing, as you said, providing content and helping people understand features. So I do, we do a, we're a Vidyard partner. So we do a lot of, um, of Vidyard onboarding and supporting people with video tools. So I'll share a lot of feature and content and things around, even around the free tools. But I will go back and have a look. So if I put a content out, there might just be something silly and funny where I'm just literally just making a bit of a fool out of myself to kind of show my personality. But I'll go back. And there will be a there will be a business message underneath it, and I'll have a look at who's liked it, who's commented, and I'll, I will actually go back in and I'll have a look back through and see if there's any good fit, and then that and use that as an opportunity to open a conversation, so um, or perhaps make a connection, um, and and I found that's a really great way of, being, of building my personal brand and my network has been just connecting with people on content that that I've shared, um, and then open, and then I know that they will see more of my content and they might see more about BabelQuest and it sticks in mind, um, so that's been probably the main source of, of, of inbound leads that I've had has been from um, people who've just kind of, we've just connected on a level of uh, HubSpot is either something I'm using or I'm considering using. Um, and then we've had a conversation, maybe weeks, maybe even months later down the line um, where they've gone, actually, hey, we're thinking about this now. This is something that has come up in conversation. I've been I've been sent off to find out more about how I can use HubSpot, and you came to mind. So we have a conversation, and we jump on a call, and and it, and it you know turns into something. So, um, 
like I said, it, you know, doing, I never did that at the time thinking I'm going to do this and this is going to open up this world of opportunity. Uh, I did it because, I, you know, I, I wanted to just exercise some creative, use the tools that I had available and exercise some creative freedom to do it. So I think, um, yeah, I think, I think it's about don't just set and forget. I think there is an opportunity to make sure you go back and, and, and have a look and see if there's anybody interested that's any interesting, you know, good fit leads potentially there and have and open up a conversation there because it is a warm, so you've got a warm introduction. Um, yeah. But, but don't, yeah, don't just, don't just set and forget, I guess would be the advice there with that strategy. Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, I think the key, the key takeaways from what Chris just shared there was, was two things, I think. And, and number one is, you use the words there, you came to mind, you know, so a prospect will say, you know, and it could be six months, 12 months later after engaging with a particular piece of content where they, they say, you came to mind now that we're thinking about this or exploring this further, or it could be, you know, the next day, you know, might not be six months out, but that top of mind, staying top of mind and being someone that's added value to someone else's life when they're ready to take a step in your direction, then you're going to be top of mind. I think that's, number one important there. And number two that you mentioned is the idea of not just putting content out there, but actually investing more time on the back end of that content and using it as a way to build organic relationships that lead to opportunities for sales. You know, so pay attention to who's engaging with your content. Um, don't just spam them and say, you know, copy and paste to everyone that I saw you commented on my thing. Here's my thing, you know, or here's how you can book a time. That's obviously not the way to build an organic relationship with a prospect, but just naturally looking for good fits and ways to build that conversation. I think that's, that's super smart. And I think the way that much more business should be done online, I just don't see enough of that. What do you say to that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you're right. You know, if, 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 if there was an expectation that every time you you know, liked a post that you saw, you got a connection request from the person who created the post, you'd get pretty tired of LinkedIn yeah. pretty quickly. Um, but I think, uh, but you know, but at the same time, if someone's put something out that I, you know, I and I like the content, whether it be specifically related to a problem that I'm trying to solve or if I just found it funny, um, there's a good chance I'm going to want to see more of that, and so I and so I will. And I, in fact, you know, I, you know, I I'm a user of LinkedIn. And I love finding people who are putting out engaging content and, and and I know that there's a good chance that I'll see more of it. So I will, I will naturally find myself doing it. So um, yeah, I think it is just about, um, you know, be respectful of other people's, how they're choosing to use the platform. It's fair to say, you know, I, I'm a heavy LinkedIn user. It's a big part of my role, but I, I read a statistic recently that, that I think something like the average LinkedIn user is on there sort of 17 minutes a month or something. So you need to make sure that your content is 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 good and being shared and, and that you appear in during that time um, and then the next time they go on then it will be it will be um it will be one of the first things that they see as well yeah the other thing that came to mind when you when you're sharing there about how you're using linkedin video content chris is the fact that you you're an an employee of of babelquest um unless I'm wrong about that, sorry, but I probably should have checked my facts. Um, but you know, you, you're not, you're not the sole operator. You're not the the founder or the CEO of the business. Um, and in many cases, I think for em employees of a, of a business, the idea of building a personal brand. So you mentioned the idea of putting yourself out there and branding yourself and being top of mind as, as Chris from Babelquist, but as Chris, 
you know, is, is the way you're approaching things, which I think is great. What would you say to businesses that maybe are, or people in a business who are unsure that they should be doing that, that they're not the head of the company, so they shouldn't be, you know, putting themselves forward? Is there an argument there for either side? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I, my, Babel Quest are small. Um, there's about 15, 20 of us. So I've got a, a you know, a pretty close relationship with with my managing director and my boss is, is, a, is a co-founder of the business. And when I first started putting things out there, I very much, you know, I did, I did go to them and say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out. Is this in line with, with our brand? And they were always really supportive and, and agreed. And now we're at a stage where they're, they're pretty comfortable with me putting out, um, you know, whatever. But it, you know, it, it's absolutely a you know a sage point to say if you if you're working in an organisation whereby, um, you know, there needs to be there's an approval process. I think it's right to go and do that. Um, so it, it's absolutely sensible to to make sure you're asking the question. But I guess from my perspective, you're absolutely right. I'm an employee, and I'm I'm you know I, I work in in sales and business development. So I'm the first person, if somebody wants to meet with BabelQuest um, uh, and find out more, I'm probably the person that they'll speak to. Um, so I think it's actually extra important, really, that, that I'm showing my face and introducing myself. They're not likely to meet with our managing director unless it's a you know huge opportunity that we that we you know desperately, desperately want to win and they, 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 they might get involved. But for the most part, they won't meet them. Um, I think it's great if you've got a business that the managing director is able to jump on because of that kind of thought leadership stuff that they're going to put out there. They've probably got a larger network that they could share to, um, but they might not. You know, they might. You know, they might have spent many years building a business without any kind of social selling with a specific strategy and have no plans to do it. So, I think as somebody who works in that customer facing role, in the almost in the trenches, as it were, you're going to understand best the types of questions that your prospects are having um, and you understand best about how you're and, and, and very used to delivering that pitch about how your product helps. So I think it's absolutely right that they put themselves out there and, and, and project that message to to a wider audience through through LinkedIn and say, Do you know what, I just had this, I just had the, the most challenging discovery conversation of my life. It, it went well or it went poorly. And here's why, here's what I learned. Um, and that's, putting yourself out there to um, to your audience. Um, and it's also potentially introducing you to other people who are doing the same role as you. Um, so I think there's a great opportunity to build your personal brand, both in the role that you do and also to your target audience. So I think it's, um, I think, yes, absolutely. Definitely make sure that you're not just kind of <laughs> doing something completely controversial that's well against the brand mentality. Um, but, um, but there's a good chance that you you know you're gonna if you if you enjoy, if you're passionate about the product that you're selling and you know what it is that you're doing you'll be able to put some you know some great message out there that will that will add a lot of value I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But I'd I'd love to play devil's advocate a bit here and and put my kind of CEO business owner hat on and and think you know all right so if if I'm encouraging my employees or my team to build personal brands and you know build a name for themselves using social channels and, you know, their time in the business to build themselves up in that way with their recognition in the industry. And then they were to go and work for someone else or to, to go and to leave the company. They, they, they're effectively taking that brand capital with them. Um, by the way, I don't agree with this position, but I'm interested to hear what would you say to that 
employee, that business owner that maybe has employed you, who's pushing back on, you know, you building yourself up, your own personal brand through content online? Um, I mean, you just that's, leave that's, the company and say, you just don't get it. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm very aware that I'm very lucky that I work um, for a business that have been really, um, really forthcoming about that. Um, and like I say, I never went into it kind of go, you know, I'm going to build my own personal brand. And I absolutely wouldn't consider myself to be, you know, there's a thousand million LinkedIn influencers out there. And I'm absolutely not that. Um, I, you know, I've organically, you know, generated a, a decent, a decent following of people who, um, who've enjoyed my content. Um, uh, so I, I don't know is the answer. I mean, I think, I think your personal brands, it's an interesting question. I'm kind of thinking on the fly here because, because a lot of what I post is about our product. I don't post about why I'm a great or an average sales you know, development manager. Um, I think we're kind of sharing stories. There's a bit of that. Absolutely. I think it's good to kind of share war stories. And the likelihood is that, you you know, if you're going to move companies, perhaps you move sideways or perhaps you move up and you might reflect back on some of the previous stuff and say, in my previous role as this, this, this. Um, You know, but I think if you've got an organization that are very negative around personal branding, it's probably more that they just don't understand what the kind of potential is or the output is as opposed to it, feeling like it's going to impact the, the business negatively. Um, uh, you know, hopefully you're running a business yeah. that when people leave, they're not going to leave in, in, a, in a sour way. Um, and if they are, then there's probably more deep-seated issues going on in the business than perhaps people who are developing their own personal brand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll put you on the spot there, but I, I, I think <laughs> that's a great response and a great answer. But you know, the way that I look at this is that, you know, as an organisation, I think the the personal brand capital that can be built by allowing your people to put themselves out there and to build themselves as a personal brand under, under your corporate brand is something that can add to the corporate brand capital in a way that just simply can't be done through your traditional marketing, advertising and branding kind of things. Particularly if you do that strategically and allow your people to be themselves and to celebrate that culture, right? Because, I think that a business that allows their people to to be front and center, even if that person moves on, they've, they're leaving behind that that legacy of branded content. And who knows, you know, like for example, someone um, you know working in your organization, making content with your brand on it now, could go on to be the next big influencer when they leave your company, and then you've got all this back catalog of content which, you know, is branded with your company, you know, that's kind of the, the long tail of it. So I think that there's so many more upsides than there is potential downsides when you go into that as an organization with a, with a strategy and being conscious of what's happening, not just, you know, letting people just make whatever content they want, and, you know? So that's the way I think about it. So we were just riffing on that for a bit. We didn't plan to talk about that, but I was, I was interested to hear your thoughts on that. So thank you for sharing. No worries. So, I'm just in closing here, I just want to pick your brain because I know that there are people listening who maybe want to do more of this. They want to do more, more video, you know, either publicly on LinkedIn or in their sales process or more one-to-one videos using tools like we've mentioned here, like Vidyard, which we've talked about on the podcast before. 
What would you say to to that person in business, whether they be in sales or they're the business owner or they're you know, an entrepreneur just starting out? What would you say to them to encourage them to embrace more video in the way that they're doing business? Um, I think that people that I meet are, are often get they get kind of tied in knots a little bit around around what content to put out there. Um, and, and yet we'll be quite confident and happy to share, you know, a, a blog article. Um, so my, I guess the kind of great starting point that I would say there is, is, is whatever content you're going to put out, whether it be a, you know, a, a, a long form, you know, text thing about, about, you know, a particular result or a series of funding that your business has just had or, or some news that you're just about to put out, or perhaps a sharing the latest blog article just record yourself and it don't have to be recording the text from start to finish but talk about why it's a great share talk about why what questions it answers whether if you wrote it talk about why you enjoyed writing it and what kind of thoughts it made you have because yes people will probably will, will absolutely read the article but a lot of people who go on to linkedin are just are just browsing their feed you know you, you know linked uh, uh, pausing on a post for more than three seconds is good that's good for LinkedIn. So people aren't necessarily expecting to go on and read a huge ebook, but they'll probably stop if they see your face, say, you know, and, and maybe, you know, and it could be a, you know, a, an animated GIF or it could be just a, you know, a, uh, you're just a, you know, a thumbnail of, of you, whether it be in your home office or whether it be you out walking the dog or whatever it might be, they're likely to pause and, and take a few seconds to either summarize it um, or tell the whole story of it. You know, it could be a minute long and you could summarize all the key salient points from it and then perhaps just share the, the link in the in the poster in the comments. Um, and I think that's a great place to start because we don't think so much about sharing that sort of content. Um, but I think people are more likely to engage and, 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 uh, and, and react to it than they are if you just post it, put it out there and, and, and forget. So that's a great place to start. Um, I'll leave it there. Start with that. Just transform the stuff that you're doing now, but do it in video. Yeah, I mean, I think that's great. And that's a great place to leave people because it is, it is really is as simple as that. You know, you've got the tool in your, in your pocket, in your smartphone or in your webcam, on your laptop. The tools are there, so that's not the excuse. It's, that, you know, the information that, that you want to share about your business is, is there. You know, you have expertise, you have interesting stuff that people who potentially want to buy from you they do care about they do want to know about um you just need to think about how you can all authentically just show up through content and and share that with the world in a way that adds value not just pitches your stuff at people but add value to the person watching it so i kind of think about the idea of just ask yourself this question what value is this to the person who's going to watch this if the if the answer is i don't know or, or there is no value to someone watching this then don't do it Right. But if there's value, just press record, get it up and get started. So I think that's a great yeah. place to leave people. Thanks for that inspiration, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely. No problem. So for people, I've already mentioned that I'm encouraging people to go and check out your LinkedIn profile and have a look at some of your videos, particularly, um, you know, some of the videos about um, how HubSpot could have helped some plot lines of movies. I think that was, that's gold. <laughs> that's wonderful stuff. And, uh, and some of the talking to yourself, which we've talked about on this, but it doesn't make sense till you've seen some of Chris's videos there. So go and check him out. And uh, when you're there, just send him a message and say, hey, heard you on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. And um, 
yeah, make a connection. Is there any better place for people to connect with you further or to learn more about what you do? Um, no, I mean, I think all the links are, are on there. Um, obviously, if people are interested in, in HubSpot and things, then you'll be able to find the Babel Quest um, website pretty well um, and explain a bit more about what, what we do. Um, absolutely, I'm always, you know, open to connecting with people. And as, you know, as I hope has come through here, really, it's all about helping people. I'm really passionate um, about video and sales video um, and what it can do for people in their business. So if people want to ask, ask more questions, then, yeah, drop me a, uh, drop me a message on, on LinkedIn. Let's connect and, um, and uh, I'm sure I can hopefully help you along the way. Awesome. We'll have all the links to Chris and Babel Quest and, and the videos that I've talked about there on the show notes page for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash 206, 206. Chris Van Prague, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. It's been great. There you go. Thanks again to Chris for joining me on the show and sharing his insight and wisdom how he is utilizing video in the sales process at BabelQuest. So again, I encourage you to connect with Chris on LinkedIn. Just head on over to the show notes page, engagevideomarketing.com slash 206. And you'll find the links to Chris's LinkedIn profile request. Add a little note to your connection request and mention that you heard him here on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. And then check out some of his videos. I think you'll enjoy some of what he shares and get some inspiration for your own. So thanks again for joining me for this episode. Remember, if you've got value from from this show, then please leave a rating and a review. That's the best way to say thank you for this free content that I share. And also to expose this content to more people so more people get to up their video marketing game as well. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and it's my role to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective video marketing strategy. That's it for this episode. I'll be back with you next week for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. See you then.